The Ride Side. The Rides, my mother's family, were considerably better off than the Hyatts, making Farron's project of courting Gladys a bit of an uphill climb. Thomas Ride, Gladys' grandfather, was a successful farmer and cattle rancher. He was the first person in the little town of Benjamin to buy a car. He was plain-spoken, hard-driving, and influential. Denzel, her father, was a gifted cattleman. It was said he could tell a good cow from a bad one a mile away. His skill and honesty caught the attention of a big-time cattle marketer who had plans to make, a, to make Denzel a partner and a very rich man. Denzel was a driving force in establishing the Spanish Fork Livestock Auction, which made a number of men in Spanish Fork, Benjamin and Payson, wealthy. Among them was not Denzel Ride, however. Just as his fortunes were turning, he died of a heart problem. I vaguely remember Grandpa Ride as a quiet, sober man. This made him a counterpoint to my grandmother, Florence Beck Ride, who had a great sense of humor and later on in her widowhood would enjoy practical jokes that made even some of her descendants wince a little. Occasionally she would go to Salt Lake City to shop and also to try out her jokes on a more unsuspecting crowd than the home folks had become. She would stand on a street corner and stare intently at the sky. Soon, passers-by would notice her strange behavior and look up, searching for what she saw. Seeing these people, others would join to discover the black helicopters, approaching asteroid, or the second coming, whatever heavenly event was portending. Grandma would quietly slip away, chuckling. <laughs> once, once she was surprised and entertained at a brazen, titillating advertisement in the window of a large department store. Laughing hilariously, she called it to the attention of others who joined in the merriment in the staid and respectable streets of downtown Salt Lake. This was a sight not to be missed. She addressed the crowd. Let's go see what's going on or coming off. <laughs> Thousands of people had passed that window, but none with Grandma's flaky perspective. The punchline to her joke was a big sign in the window proclaiming, Men's Pants, Half Off. <laughs> Grandma, Grandma deeply loved and missed Grandpa. And I think our sense of humor helped her deal with her loss over the years. It also attracted and at the same time tested the fine and honorable men who came to court this uh, merry widow. For her part, Grandma figured if a suitor survived her dribbling water glass dripping rink down his chin and her hidden hoopy cushion, he was stable enough to enjoy her company. Among those gentlemen was a Mr. Ivan Hamilton, who passed the tests and got fairly serious. But Grandma, despite encouragement from some family members, never married. 
never married Mr. Hamilton or anybody else. There was one notable character in town who may not have been a serious contender for her hand, but was a close match for her wit. Charlie Douglas, Payson's self-appointed prankster, fabricated stories about many people in town, and Grandma was on his list. Charlie's tousled hair, deep wrinkles, and bushy eyebrows danced to the tune of his animated voice as he spun his latest yarn on the unwary listener. More than once, he would spy Grandma and her friends, the proper ladies of our little town, enjoying a quiet malt at the drugstore, ice cream, and soda pop bar. Charlie would tap her on the shoulder and uh, announce, Flossie, I know that I'm a handsome man and you are a lonely widow, but you've got to control yourself. I saw you throwing those come-hither glances at me just now. I am a respected member of the community, and having you always chasing after me is embarrassing. I know I would be a great catch, but get a grasp on your hormones now and stop stalking me around town every time you see me. This doe-eyed gazing and heavy breathing when I'm around is making people talk and wrecking habit with my reputation. Charlie exited his stage with dignity but haste, lest Grandma should get a word in edgewise. Her feigned embarrassment entertained her friends and other customers in the store and set the stage for Charlie's next appearance. Charlie's antics may have even added to Grandma's already popular appeal with the town teenagers as she cruised Main Street on Saturday nights with her granddaughters, my sister Jeannie, and her cousin Lynette. Grandma made a little money and received a king's ransom of joy from her job at the city hospital caring for the newborn babies. She was the first to receive and bathe several of our children. She traveled some, including a trip to Europe, served a mission to Colorado, and brightened all our lives until her 81st year. Given her skill behind the steering wheel, some of her descendants were surprised she lasted that long and died in bed. She drove a Chevrolet stick shift, although she rarely shifted. She would start off in high gear, jerking and lurching away from stop signs and traffic lights while cars passed on either side of her. Farron, my car doesn't seem to have much pickup, she often told Dad. But once up to speed, she made up for the slow start with her lead foot on the accelerator. She was stopped at checkpoints several times by highway patrolmen looking for car or driver infractions. Once, they were checking specifically for people driving without a license. They waved the sweet little old lady through, saying, Go right ahead, ma'am. We're just checking driver's licenses. She thanked them and jerked away. Her smile and happy greeting made up for the driver's license she didn't have. Give her credit, she took the license test so many times, people in the office would greet her with, Morning, Florence. Here's your written test. We'll have an officer ready when you fill it out. 
The explanation was unnecessary. She knew the drill as well as they did. Short minutes later, she would whip through the written part and step up for the driving test. Short minutes after that, she would return, with the tester grateful he had survived another Saturday spin with Florence. Eventually, she passed. How? The police department isn't saying. I've lived to ride in a horse and buggy and fly in a jet plane, she often observed. More amazing to us, she lived to survive her own driving. Grandma is gone, but her jokes and tall tales live on, including the story of Whoa, Molly, about the most obedient mule who ever carried a mountain man. Grandma could expand the drama for as long as the occasion would require, or the listeners would endure. Knowing that you have other goals to accomplish in your life, I will give you the abridged version. Old Bill, the trapper, taught Molly to stop immediately when he barked, Ho, Molly! From top speed, she could stop on a dime and give you nine cents change, Bill bragged. This quick response made his life easier, sometimes saved it. Once, a giant pine tree fell right in their path. Ho, Molly! She stopped, and the tree missed them. Another time, in the dark, they stumbled off a cliff. Just as they were about to splatter on the rocks below, Bill hollered, Ho, Molly! And she stopped in flight. They went on their way. Wow. Molly's best performance was her last. Once a gang of bad guys captured Bill and Molly. Sad to say, they butchered Molly and served her for supper. They were planning to do in Bill, too, so they invited him for one last meal. Showing a little honor among thieves, they gave him one last request. Bill said, And in honor of my faithful friend, I want you all to take a big bite of the mule steak you're eating. They did. Bill said, Now when I give the signal, you all swallow together. They swallowed. Bill hollered, Ho, Molly! The steak stopped in their throats. They all choked to death, and Bill went on his way. <laughs> to my knowledge... None of our family choked to death on steaks, more likely macaroni and cheese. I did have one great aunt who was smothered in a straw stack, tipped, uh, straw stack tipped over on her. And like every family, the rides had their bouts with various ills.